Well, hello. Welcome to Surge. Yeah? Yeah? Watch Reverb. Um, so last week I did not share this with you, but I, I wanted to give you the definition of Surge because I think it's pretty cool. Um, it's this. It is a sudden, powerful forward or upward movement especially by a crowd or by a natural force such as a wave or tide. So that's what I think you guys are. You guys are this movement that um, is going to happen within the student ministry, that's going to spread throughout the church and um, the city. So I believe in you guys. I believe in the next generation. I believe that you guys have the power to do that and have the ability to do that and have the willpower to do that. So, So we're in this series called Selfie. And what is a selfie? Selfie is something that you take of yourself to portray yourself to get certain lights or whatever the case may be. So we're in this series looking at ourselves as we go through the book of James. And last week, if you were here, we talked about the trials and the problems that we have and how to get through those problems. And if you remember, we had the canvas up here, this picture, and um, we had the little, oftentimes when we have problems or trials that we go through, we only see the little six by nine or five by seven or four by six snapshot snippet of that problem. And then when we look at it, it just doesn't make any sense to us whatsoever. But we got to realize that God can see the full canvas of your life and that your life is good and your life has a purpose. And even though it doesn't make sense to you right now, God does have a plan for you. So tonight we are going to talk about temptation. And we're going to keep going through the book of James, James chapter 1. Verses 13 through 18. So if you will, let's go ahead and read this, and then we'll dive into this. It says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought for us forth by the word of truth, and we should be the kind of first fruits of his creatures. Let's pray. God, we just come to you now asking that you will um, speak very clearly to us through your word. God, I pray that you will... Um, Take away any distractions around us right now. Take away anything that would hinder us from hearing from you. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're present. We thank you that you're here. And I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just um, speak through me tonight. And what I want you to do right now, just, just simply pray and ask God, Jesus, teach me tonight. Speak to me tonight. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right. So you don't have to be a Christian very long to realize that walking with God and pursuing intimacy with God is a struggle. It's hard. It is hard. This Christian life that we live is hard. And the reality is that something as simple as reading the Bible um, or praying becomes a struggle because we're busy. And when we try to do it, there's so many things going through our minds. So many things are, are racing through our minds. And, it, and it's, it's just hard for us to focus on those things. Or some of you are trying to simply live the Christian life and it feels like you are living this Romans 7 where Paul talks about you know, the good that I want to do. I'm, I can't do those things. I'm not doing those things. And the, and the evil that I, I want to avoid, those are the things I'm doing. 
And you're kind of living in this tension. Or some of you are, are discouraged by the, the situation that you find yourself in. You came to Christ and you thought life with Christ would be just full of joy and, and, and no temptation. And you thought you'd just fly around sprinkling Jesus dust on everyone. But it's hard. The reality is the struggle and the temptation inside of you is real. And some of you, you really haven't been enjoying God recently. Because the temptation and the sin that's in your life. You know, we come here every single week and we sing these songs to Jesus. We worship through song. And some of you are sitting there every week. You're like, I want to experience, I want to have this encounter with Jesus, but I just can't. I just can't do it. My heart is full of static, and I can't make this connection with Jesus. And it's driving you crazy. I know that because I've been there. I've been there where I, I want to come and, and have an encounter with Jesus, but either because of sin or something else, I can't do it. Some of you, that's not you. Some of you, you're like, you know, I know the Christian life is hard. I know struggle is there. I know Satan is attacking me. I know temptation is waiting for me, but Tim, I need a strategy. I need a plan. So tonight, what I want to do is look at the situation. Let's survey this battlefield that we're in and come up with a strategy on how to struggle well. So let's talk about the situation. The reality is it feels like a war because it is a war. It is a war. We're in this this constant battle between what God wants us to do and what the enemy wants us to do. It's kind of the old cartoons with the, where the, the devil's on one side and God's or the angel is on the other side. And it's like kind of in this constant battle between what Satan, what the enemy wants you to do and what God wants you to do. And just because you're a Christian doesn't mean God's going to take away the temptation. You haven't been liberated from the temptation. You have been <clears throat> liberated to the struggle and to win the struggle and to win the battle. So we need to learn how to fight well. So I read this week that spirituality... The spiritual life is one movement with two parts. One movement with two parts. It's a movement away from things that hinder intimacy with God. It's a movement away from things that isolate intimacy with God. It's a movement toward things that bring intimacy with God. It's a movement away from things that hinder intimacy with God. The sin that's in your life. It's a movement toward things that promote Intimacy, intimacy with God, like reading your Bible and, and praying, things that we know that we should do. So it's moving away from certain things and moving towards certain things. There's two big words for this. This word over here is called mortification, where you want to kill certain things in your life that shouldn't be there. Where you want to kill certain things in your life that shouldn't be there anymore. And this word over here is called vivification, where you want to bring to life certain things that need to be there. We're going to see certain things come to life in you. If you're going to use a garden analogy over here, this is the pulling up weeds, the stuff that shouldn't be there. And over here, this is the planting of seeds, planting of flowers and, and grass and trees, things that, that, that can grow. If you use a dating analogy over here, these are things that hinder intimacy with my wife, like not communicating, like yelling at her. And over here, these are things that promote intimacy with my wife, like taking her on dates, communicating. So there's this this tension here. 
moving away from, th- from these things and, and moving toward these things, moving away from things that hinder us in, for, with intimacy with God and moving toward things that promote in, intimacy with God. And I'm not saying that over here this is the devil's side and over there it's the God's side. And, and God's telling you, hey, you need to get on over here. That's not what I'm saying. Because if that was the case, It would be, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to explain it. If that was the case, if, if this was the, the God side or the devil side and this was the God side, then we're saying, no, you can't be with God if you're over here, which is not the case. So we need to figure out how to, 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 to manage this tension, how to manage this, where we, the things that are, that are in our life that are, that are destroying our intimacy, intimacy with God and figuring out how to promote things in our life that are <clears throat> with in- intimacy with God. So I can be right beside my wife and feel like we're miles apart. If there's things that's, that's, that if we're not communicating well or certain things. So what I'm advocating for tonight is to fight for int- intimacy with God. So have this fight. So that's the fight. So over here, it's the big no. Over here, it's the big Yes. So let's look, let's look at this. Look at, let's look at the big no first. So we have an enemy. We have an enemy who hates us. We have an enemy who hates us, but not only hates us, he hates God. He hates our God, and what he's trying to do is to get us to dishonor God through sin. So let's talk about what he knows. Let's talk about what he does. Then we're going to talk about how we can respond to this whole thing. So what does he know? The enemy knows you. The enemy knows you. He knows your wiring. He knows your affections, the things that you like. He knows you, that you have a, a will. In other words, you, you make your own decisions. And he knows that you have tendencies. So he knows you. He knows you better than you probably know yourself. The enemy knows you. What does he do? He ultimately wants you to sin. That is his goal to participate in ways of thinking and ways of living that would cause you to dishonor God. To get you to do that, what he does is he, he wants to create this environment that looks attractive. This environment that looks attractive. And how does he do that? He affects the thoughts. He wants to, to change the thoughts in your, in your mind that would then stir the, the affections of your heart that when you act on those things, you sin. But this environment back here where he's stirring the infections of your mind and, and the infections of your heart, that right there is called temptation. But when you act on those things, that's when sin enters. So where are we getting this? James chapter 1, verse 14. It says this. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. So let's look at this. Lured. He gets my mind's attention. He gets my mind's attention. And we'll give you some examples in just a second. Entice. He stirs my affections. So he first gets my mind's attention. Then he stirs my affection. And then when I enact the will, I step away from intimacy with God. So he, he stirs, or he, he gets my attention. He stirs my affection. And when I step, when I act on those things, I, I step away from intimacy with God. So, girls, here it is. 
Let's say you're getting ready. Okay, you're getting ready in the mornings. And the thought comes into your mind, I'm single. And you think, yeah, I'm not married. I'm not dating anyone. I'm single. And that thought kind of goes through your mind and you're thinking about this. And then a song comes on the radio. Maybe this song right here. All of a sudden, it's not just a thought. Oh, my affections are getting stirred by this. I just want somebody to stay with me. I just want someone to stay with me. I, want, I don't want to be alone any, anymore. And then you start your drive to school, and you notice people are holding hands as they're walking down the street or at school or whatever. And you notice birds are flying two by two. And love is in the air. And you say, I just, I want somebody. And then this song comes on the radio. That's a different station, by the way. And you're like, everybody's got somebody but me. And all those thoughts are being constantly being listening to your mind. And then the, the affections are being stirred. And at that moment, a proposition happens in your mind. At that point, a proposition happens in your mind. And you will... Date a loser. Someone that you know is morally underneath you. Someone that you know is not, is not chasing after the intimacy of, with God. But you will begin this relationship because you thought, you thought it was something that you desperately needed. You thought it was something that you desperately needed because of the thoughts and in, in, the, in the affection that it stirred. And you went after because you thought it was something that you needed. And some of you have been in way too many relationships that you know you were not meant to be in because, and some of you are currently in relationships that you, you shouldn't be in because of this process that happened. If you notice, this is kind of a long process. And some of you, you can't win in the dating game. And you just say horrible things about yourself and in, in your journal or maybe you hurt yourself physically. And you start living this space that you're never meant to be in. And this is how it happened. Thoughts in the mind stirring the affections of your heart that move you into this terrible place. The enemy understands that what you think about, you will care about. And what you care about, you will chase after. The enemy starts with the thought. So the question I have for you tonight is, what are you entertaining in your mind? What are you entertaining in your mind? Because what you meditate on will be what you love and will be what you become. For guys, don't worry, I didn't forget about you. For guys, the thought will come into your mind that you should think about naked things. And you're like, naked things? Okay. And that's about it for you. There's no really process that happens right here. Now you just think of something and, oh, okay, I think I do that. And that's what gets you in trouble. But here's the point. Here's the point. We all struggle. Each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. There are desires that are made just for you. The enemy has a desire made just for each one of you guys. And he even uses this word lure. What is a lure? What is it? 
What do you, what do you, what do you, what do you fish with a lure, right? You, you fish with a lure. So you put a lure out on a, on, a, on a line, and you throw it out on a lake or a river or whatever you choose to do. Maybe you do one, one that, like, that likes frogs with no legs. I'm not really sure. But you make it look like it's swimming. You make it look like it's so delicious. And what you're trying to do, listen, what you're trying to do is get that fish, fish's attention. When the fish was like, well, you know, one day I was like, whoa, hello. And what you want to do is not only get its attention, but stir its affections. When that fish is like, how you doing? And when that fish enacts the will, it's caught. And he never even saw the hook. He never even saw the hook. Some of you are like, really? A frog? That's what does it for you? A frog? That is disgusting. I'm not even sure you're a real fish if you go after frogs. But the enemy has a different lure for you. He'll throw it out there. It's like, ooh, shiny. And you'll chase after it. Here's the point. The, the, the enemy has different lures for you. He'll do whatever he can to lure and entice you. To lure and entice you so that you enact the will. So what do you think about? So what you think about, you would care about. And what you care about, you would chase. So what do we do? Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 26 to watch and pray that you would not enter temptation. Watch and pray that you would not enter temptation. He's saying if this moment back here is temptation, these are the things that, that enter your mind, that stir your affections, this is temptation, then you would act the will and that sin. This point back here where temptation is happening, do not enter temptation. Watch and pray that you would not enter temptation. So you need to get out of that moment. You need to get out of that moment. And I've known people who, they have individually, I mean, a guy and a girl, they are pursuing Christ with everything they have. They are chasing after Jesus. They are, they are you no know, intimacy with Jesus. They are with them. But then they start dating. Now all of a sudden, they're not chasing after Jesus anymore. And they look unhappy. And, you know, you could have these conversations with the guys, and it's like, what happened? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 something had to happen. What happened? And you'll hear a story similar to this. Well, I was at her house one night, and we are just chilling watching a movie. And it was dark. And one thing led to another. And, and that's what happened. Romans 13, 14 says, Make no provision for the flesh. And in that moment, you made ample provision for the flesh. Bro, if you're not tempted in that moment, we have whole separate issues going on there. So the next time she asks you, hey, you want to come here and watch a movie? You need to look at her and say, you know what? You're not evil. And the movie that we're watching is not evil. And your parents' house is not evil. But if I get there and it's dark, I'm going to get evil. So instead of me coming over to watch a movie, how about we go get, grab coffee? And that's, be, that's practice this, this, this thing of 
being private and public so that we can maintain our holiness. You know, I talked with guys in the summer before I moved here. There was like this three-week period where these guys came up and said, can I talk with you privately? I was like, sure. And like every one of them, all five of them, it's like I'm looking at things I shouldn't be looking at on my phone. I'm looking at things I shouldn't be looking at. And then I asked, okay, okay, what happened? Like, when does that happen? It's like, well, usually I'm at night. I'm in my bed. I'm just looking at Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or whatever. I'm just checking out things. And then it just happens. It's like, well, that's make no provision for the flesh. You need to get your phone away from you. That is your most vulnerable time is when you're by yourself in the dark with your phone. Make no provision for the flesh. And they say, well, it's my alarm clock. <laughs> Go to Walmart and buy your alarm clock. And get your phone away from you. It's kind of like an alcoholic you know, pouring whiskey and putting it beside his head saying, don't think about it, don't think about it, don't think about it. No, get it away from you. Get it away from you. Get it out of there. Tim, what if it's just in my mind? The thoughts that I have, I can't get it out of my head. And here's what I would say. Let's look at this. So you need to look downstream. Verse 14 again says this. 14 and 15 says, But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to what? Sin. So when it's desire, when you step into this, it gives birth to sin. And then sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. What does it bring forth? Death. So you got to ask, is this a place I want to be? Is this a place... When I look down the road and where this struggle, where this sin may lead, may lead me, is that a place where I want to be? You've got to look downstream. You've got to look down the road. Now, there's, there's men this holiday season that would spend Christmas and Thanksgiving by themselves because of, of a decision that they made this past year that destroyed their marriage and their family. And I believe if they could have just looked down the road and see the effects that this decision that they made could have had on them, they may have just pulled back and says, no, I'm not going to do that. So whatever it is that you're struggling with, whether it's whatever, the temptation that you have, when you enact on those things, you got to be able to look down the road and see, is that a place where I want to be? Is that a place that I want to be, whether it's depression, anger, lust, whatever it is. And then you got to look upstream. Verse 17 says this. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So don't be deceived. But you got to look upstream, upstream. Now, we have a good Father who loves us. And he wants to take care of us. Satan is a liar. He's been telling us the same lie ever since the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. That God isn't a good father. That God doesn't have our best interests in mind. Now, I have three kids. Salem, Josiah, and Isaiah. That a lot of you guys have met. <clears throat> and if you want to upset me more than probably anything else... All you have to do is convince my kids that their daddy doesn't love them. 
That would be just plain evil. But we have an enemy who's doing that very same thing. We have an enemy who's saying, your dad doesn't have your best interest in mind. Your father God doesn't, doesn't, doesn't love you. He doesn't know what's best for you. And it all starts with the mind. Because what you think about, you will care about. And what you care about, you will chase after. But it starts with the mind. That's why Paul said in, in, in Colossians 3, to set your mind on things above. That's why he told the Romans in chapter 12, be transformed by renewing your mind. That's why it's so important to hide his word in our heart because it starts with the mind. How can a young man or how can a young woman keep their way pure? That's what some of you are asking. How can I keep my way pure? And the answer is in the Psalms, by living according to the word. By living according to his word. His word is the answer to your questions. So as we wrap up this thing up, let's look at three things. Three ways to resist temptation. And I've given you these before um, last year when we looked at temptation. But they're the same thing. Number one, feed your spirit with prayer. Again, Matthew 26 says, Watch and pray that you may not enter temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So you need to feed your spirit with prayer. We know this. This is the church answer, right? Pray. But I don't think we understand the power of prayer. Watch and pray. Be alert and pray so that you would not enter temptation. Because if you're not in temptation, guess what? You're not going to take that step away from God. If you're in temptation, he says move away from that. Watch and pray that you can remove yourself from temptation. Number two is feed your spirit on God's word. Again, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commands. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's it. Like we know the answer to it. We need to hide his word in our lives, in our hearts, so that when temptation happens, we can fight against that. And then lastly, is feed your spirit with the right people. Don't be misled. Bad company ruins good morals. This is why we do small groups. This is why small groups are so important for us. For you to be in a community of guys that you can do life with. And girls that you can do life with. So that when temptation comes, you may have somebody you can lean on. You can call. Feed your spirit with the right people. Feed your spirit with the right people. Proverbs 27, 17, it's iron sharpens iron. So one man or one woman or one boy or one girl sharpens another. We know there's people in our life who will sharpen us. We know there's people in our life who will love us enough that when we're going down the path that leads to sin, that they will jerk us around and say, the path you're on is not good. And we, if we're going down that path, we need to be humble enough to say, you're right. And not be mad at this person for jerking us around. So what we're going to do now is we're going to pray and then we're going to go to our small groups. 
And what I ask you to do is simply, if you're, if you're willing, to sh- be open and share. What happens in your small group stays in your small group. What happens in your small group is not meant to be put on social media or spread in your school. But it's a chance for you to be open and real with your leader and your peers. Let's pray. God, we love you and we thank you for your word. And God, we know that the enemy is trying his best to to get our attention and, and, and to, to entice us by stirring our affections so that we will sin against you. But God, we know the answer. We know that we got to surround ourselves with people who are chasing after you. We got to surround ourselves with your word and with prayer. So God, we know the power that you have. God, we just rely on you. God, we pray as we depart and as we go to our small groups that you would just be pleased with the discussion that happens. Just guide the discussion. And God, we pray that you would just be pleased um, with the rest of our time here tonight. Pray us all in your name. Amen.